0: Let's do this together. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I have the most amazing guest for you guys today. She is a infertility warrior. She has an amazing story. We got together on TikTok of all places and her journey to parenthood is basically like none I've ever seen and it was just a true testament to manifesting manifestation and speaking out loud not not just to yourself but out loud to the universe what you want and her story is just super crazy now we actually ended up chatting for two hours so I've cut the podcast down to just the main story but I hope you guys really enjoy it and get super inspired by Brittany so without further ado here we go you have PCOS, right? Is that like your official diagnosis of why you can't get pregnant?
1: <laughs> That's funny that you asked because um, officially I have two doctors say, absolutely, you have it. And then I have two doctors who are like, actually, you know, after, after looking at your ovaries, your system of normal size and all that. And we don't know what the hell is wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so yeah for for most of my life I'm I've been like oh yeah it's PCOS and then now I'm like is it PCOS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so yeah I'm I'm caught in the middle right now with I have no idea um which is crazy to even say I'm freaking 30 years old and have been dealing with this for for six years and I I I, I don't know I don't know. They don't know who, who do I trust now? If I have two doctors that are like you for sure do. And then I have two doctors who are like, no, I don't think that's what it is, but they also don't know. Um, so I'm going to undergo this stuff again. Like I've had the, the, what's it called where they check to see if you have endometriosis and all of that. Like oh, the
0: laparoscopy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think I could still say that word even after you said it. um, <laughs> um I had that done years ago and that's when they gave me the PCOS diagnosis because all of that looked fine but now they're like well we're not seeing signs of PCOS but you know maybe let's go back in and see that they don't know what the hell's yeah. going on so all I right wish I could give you a solid answer Monica oh no, you're fine PCOS, but I don't
0: know <laughs> I could tell you what's going on but well that's like for another episode but sure. <laughs> <laughs> um but what was so amazing about your story Um, is that you're dealing with infertility for all these years. And all of a sudden, it was like you adopted. And it literally, like, I had never personally seen a TikTok about you wanting to adopt. But when you explained how your adoption came into place, I was like, she literally talked her baby into the universe. Like, I feel like that's exactly what you did. Ugh, and, I have
1: cold chills yes. right me
0: too and yeah. um what wh- when we talk about um having positive thoughts like it's not toxic positivity it's about telling the universe what you want so like vision boards or affirmations yeah. so, saying so, it out loud you fucking saying did it, it. it to others
1: <laughs> saying yes it to others I think that's that's a huge thing too. Like I, I always say to my team and stuff, um, you know, I own an insurance agency. I don't think I'll do that. Um, I have been off for the past year though, since Knox and my husband's taken over, which is great, but You know, mentoring agents, I would always say, you know, you have to tell people, you have to tell others where you want to be to be able to get there. Like, it's not just about your experience that you're hiding from everyone and then you're going to jump out and say surprise because I'm that kind of person always wanted to do that to people, but Sharing it and sharing with others where you want to be in X amount of time, the universe aligns to hold you to that and to make things happen. The universe yeah. makes things happen. So it all started. Um, you know, I had had friends and family and all of that ask me, "Well, how do you? How do you feel?" about adopting. And I had always said, you know, if if it's meant to be, like, it'll happen, we're open to adopting, you know? If um, we, we wanted to go through some fertility things and if it didn't work out, yeah, we're fine with adopting. And I always said, hey, if there's a baby that needs a home now, I would adopt it. And so I started thinking, I was like, I need to tell more people that we are open to adopting because, you know, it's only if they asked me about it, I would be like, yeah, of course we're open to adopting. Um, so you know, I just started making it part of conversation when I would talk about infertility. I would also talk about like, yeah, and we're we're open to adopting, you know, maybe someday we will. And you know, I didn't have specific plans set in stone because I didn't know, but I, I was just telling people that hey, we are open to adopting. And so I guess people had been putting that in the back of their brain because it happened once um with, with someone uh back East that, uh, they knew somebody who knew somebody who had a baby and, um, they weren't sure if they could keep the baby and all that. And I said, you know, well, this baby has a home with us. You know, if it's meant, if it's meant to happen, if that's what the birth mom wants to do, we'll, we'll gladly take the baby. And needless to say, you know, things, things fell through with it. It never happened. And, and that's okay. That's, that's fine. It was meant to happen like that. Um, but I still, you know, I kept kind of putting it out in the world that, Hey, we're open, open to adopting when people would ask me, cause people always want to ask when they know you're going through infertility, they want to ask you how it's going, but like at an arm's length, cause they don't know what you're going to say or emotionally how you're going to be, but they want to know, people want to know what you're going through. And so I would always tie that in there. I would be like, yeah. And you know, we're open to adopting. I just started telling people like, that's just who I am. I have that personality anyways. Um, So it was a, uh, it was a Sunday in July, the 12th though. I swear I need to look at a calendar for last year. I can't believe it's almost been a year already. Um, it was a Sunday that we get a phone call and, um, it's, it's from my, my husband's uncle basically. And he's like, Hey, I, well, my uncle too. I don't know. Hey, Hey, I, uh, I know this girl that's, that's going to have a baby and she, she doesn't want it and is going to leave the baby at the hospital under the safe surrender act in California. Do you guys, do you guys want the baby? And we were like, (sighs) what, (laughs) what, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, I can connect you with her. And that's what life's about is connections, right? It's all about who, you know, and We were like, yeah, of course. So we set up a phone call with her. Um, And mind you, my husband gets this phone call, not me. So let's, let's stay on Sunday for a second. My husband gets this phone call. And so I'm not with him at the time. My uncle from Tennessee is actually in town and we're heading to the casino. We're going to have a good time. And my husband starts calling me nonstop. And we only live like two miles from the casino, Monica. So it's like a short time. My husband's calling me, so I know something's wrong and I answer the phone. He was like, I need you to pull over right now. And I love telling you this. Cause I've not, I've not shared this part of the story with a lot of people. I need you to pull over right now. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, you're thinking like he's having a health issue or something, yeah. or, like, well, what happened in the, the past, like two minutes since I left the house till now? And he was like, I need you to pull over. So I pull over and I have him on speakerphone. Don't know what he's about to say. And I have got my uncle in my, in the car, my crazy favorite uncle. And, and he says, uh, there's a baby there. There's a baby that a girl doesn't want. And, uh, do we want to take it? And I was like, what (laughs) like can you imagine taking that phone call what do you mean like I know you have so many questions in that moment and so like before I can even say anything my uncle's going yes yes you you want this baby (laughs) (laughs) my uncle's always my cheerleader okay he's like you Brittany you never know when this is going to happen again you want this baby you're taking this baby and I'm like I'm processing and so I'm like, asking Elizar questions. Uh, Elazar's my husband. I'm asking Elazar questions. And I was like, I mean, yeah, but like, w- w- you, we've got to talk to the birth mom because like he knew nothing. That like, we didn't know when the baby was due and nothing. And so we decided that it was, yes, please have, have Uncle Scott orchestrate phone call and all of that um, with the birth mom. And so it comes up and it's Monday. And uh, we have a phone call with the birth mom. And this phone call, like, I just remember me and my husband are sitting there. I mean, it's like an Eminem moment, like knees weak, palms are sweaty. I'm surprised there wasn't vomit on my sweater. Like, you're nervous. Like, I was so nervous, like just, just knowing that we were calling her and what could potentially happen over a phone call, you figure out what's going to happen, like the the rest of your life, because that's something huge. It's not like, you know, we've got a lot of dogs. It's not getting a puppy. It's, it's a whole human. And so, you know, we're, we're talking to her. She answers the phone. And like, I had, I couldn't even think of questions like reflecting back. I should have written some stuff down, but I asked her my first question. I was like, so, I mean, do you like, when are you due? (laughs) This is a Monday. And she goes, oh, uh, I'm due this weekend. I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, like, how am I even supposed to think of the next question when she just laid that on me? Like, okay, take a deep breath. (laughs) All right. And I was like, so do you, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? And like, to us, it totally didn't matter guys. Even though I asked that question, I did not care whatsoever what the gender of this child could have been. I didn't care. And she said, um, she said, I have no idea, um, if it's a boy or a girl, but I can go I can go see for you like if you want to know I can go have an ultrasound done I can find out if it's a boy or a girl and I was like okay yeah I guess <laughs> I mean I guess um and then I was like I I asked her about her prenatal care and um she had none she hadn't seen any doctors or anything like that and I haven't shared that with a lot of people either because what a risk you're taking like yeah that's scary to think about. Like you're going to adopt a kid. Um, you're agreeing to adopt this child when the mother births it, she's had no prenatal care and you have no idea. You have no idea. Like you, you, you don't know anything like that's scary to think about. Um, but we were still, we were like, all right, that's, that's fine. And so then I asked her, um, just out of curiosity, because for those of you that, that don't know, like I'm, I'm Caucasian and my husband is Filipino. I was like, do you know the ethnicity of the baby? Once again, absolutely did not matter to us. Like I, I didn't care whatsoever, but she said, she said, well, I'm Filipino and, uh, the birth dad is, is white and he has blonde hair, blue eyes. And I was like, what? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, it's more brown these days, but you
0: get it. Yeah. Um, well, I like. I want to just. I know it doesn't matter there too. Like we all know, but it still blows my mind. This story, <laughs> because what are the fucking chances? Like seriously, like so many out-
1: races. There's so many races. Yeah. In the world. There's so many races that could have been mixed or w- one single whatever but it's going to be the exact of what my husband and I are. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. It was crazy.
1: Crazy, Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, so I, I had asked her that and then, um, she said, she said, well, do you guys want the baby? She said, because I, I think that you guys would be, would be a good fit. Cause I guess she had heard some stuff about us. She had kind of creeped around our social media and stuff. I, I think, I don't know, like, I don't know what she did on her end. I, I have no idea what she, what she know, knew about us and did it. She
0: must've loved your TikToks. That's all I have to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have, I have no idea like what she knew about us before. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so, she asked at that time, she said, you know, I would love for y'all to take this baby. She said, I'm going to be honest. If you don't, she said, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to leave it at the hospital because I can't, you know, this is my seventh child. I can't do it. And, um, yeah, I, I just can't do it. And so we were like, absolutely. We're taking the baby, man, like <laughs> that, that was so hard to say at that time, you know, like, okay, we're doing this. We're actually doing this. And like, she's due this weekend. She's due in five freaking days. Like what the fuck are we doing? Which I think is like half my life. I asked that same question. (laughs) Um, so (laughs) we get off the phone. I mean, me and my husband, it's not really setting into us. Cause like I said earlier, you know, I, I had kind of been where we were gonna take someone's kid and then they were like, not take their kid, adopt their child. And they were like, no, we've changed our mind. And that's heartbreaking. Like it's heartbreaking when you think you're gonna be a parent and then someone changes their mind. So in mine and my husband's head, we were going ahead and setting ourselves up for, for that in case that happened. We weren't gonna to be too excited because we knew that things could change because that's how the world works. So like, we didn't wanna celebrate yet. It wasn't time to celebrate yet. But it was time to like, step back, take, take some deep breaths, really take in what just happened. And uh, then we have my crazy uncle, Mike, who's still in town, right? And he's like, so what, what are we doing tomorrow? Are we going to Lake Tahoe or doing this or doing that? And I'm just like, uncle Mike, I'm going to, I'm, I'm supposed to be a parent this weekend. Like I need you to pretend I'm nine months pregnant for a minute. And, like, <laughs> take it easy on me. Like, I know you're here to party and have a good time with us, but like, I, I need some time. So we had decided we were this. So this was Monday, we talked to the birth mom, we decided we were going to do it. Let's go to Wednesday. So Wednesday, um, we had planned out we were going to Lake Tahoe, we were going to go have a fun time and, um, and she had decided the birth mom was going to have an ultrasound for us. I had offered money to pay for the ultrasound. She was like, absolutely not. We're so excited. You're doing this for us. Like, thank you. And when I say us, I'm talking her and her mother, like um, her mother had also talked to us as well. And um, they were, they were excited that we were going to, we were going to do this. And, um, And so her and her, her mom had decided that they were going to go have the ultrasound done so we could find out what the gender of the baby was. And they were going to do a video call with us. So it was actually a zoom call where, uh, they had a little Canon thing where they shot off the color, um, and all of that for us, which I reflecting back was really sweet of them. Like, yeah, that that's amazing that they did that for us. Um, but we had planned to be at Lake Tahoe. So we took a laptop with us and we pulled up zoom right there at Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe, and we're gonna zoom, we're gonna find out the gender of our kid while we're chilling at the lake. Like, what in the world? It was the craziest thing. Um, so you know, we're all watching the video and they they shoot off the cannon and it's blue and they're yelling, it's a boy. And I mean, I was like, it's 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 a boy, like this is this is crazy. Like, what oh my gosh, the things that are going through our head, and we're thinking of names and stuff like that, and like. Oh, it was the craziest thing. And so, um, after we find out he was a boy, I mean, I, I'm not going to say we were disappointed, but you know, I'd always hope to have a girl first, you know, people want things. And just because it's not, that doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, you're not going to enjoy it. Like we were still just as excited with being a boy, but for some reason, we really thought it was going to be a girl. So we were like, okay, a boy, like, we've got to think about boy names and this and that, and oh my gosh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have a son, like, it was, it was insane to think about, so, um, it rolls up, and it's, it's Thursday now, and the crazy part of all of this story is, um, our kid was born in San Francisco, and, uh, we had, we, I I need to go ahead and say, we never go to San Francisco ever. Even though we live five hours away, we Mm. don't ever really go to San Francisco. But we had planned a trip um, because Uncle Mike was in town. Uncle Mike wanted to see uh, San Francisco and Alcatraz and all of that to go to San Francisco for the weekend. Well, lo and behold, this baby is supposed to be born in San Francisco. And we had planned this trip three months prior to ever finding out that we needed to be in San Francisco that weekend for our child to be born, like. Nuts, like
0: all of it is just fucking nuts, it's so cool.
1: That is the universe aligning, right, Monica? Like yeah. The the stars are aligning to bring that together. Uh, Man, what a plan that was already in place that I didn't even know about, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So we had this trip planned for San Francisco already, and um, so, it's, it's Thursday night. We're due to leave for San Francisco on, on Friday. And, uh, I look at my husband and I was like, we, we better go buy some baby stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Because this whole time, you know, it was still, we we were processing, like we, we only had a few days to process, like we're about to be parents. So it wasn't an immediate, like run to the store and buy all of this stuff and all that. Like, let's wait and see if she finds out on Wednesday, what it is. And, We'll go from there and yeah, we'll go get some stuff. So I remember we went to Target and we bought all this dumb shit that we did not fucking need. <laughs> like, we? <Yeah. laughs> I wish that someone would have told us like what we really need. Like I'll tell you this now: the biggest bullshit item that we bought was this the stroller car seat combo. Like those things are massive. Like you're gonna have to have a three row SUV to fit that fucking stroller in the back of that thing because it's you absolutely don't need that combo set. Like that's that's obviously my own opinion. I don't know yeah. how you feel
0: about it, Monica, <laughs> that, uh, Monica. Um, no, we did yes, use our. Combo, I must say. Yeah, we had a fill in TEDs and it was, yeah, we really? ran Hours it to the ground. Like-
1: we travel a lot. So yeah. a big bulky stroller for me just isn't going to cut it. We've since found better. We never used that stroller because like, oh my gosh, it just had so many bells and whistles. I couldn't even figure it out anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we spent a whole lot of money at Target and most of the things we absolutely didn't need. Um, but it did make us feel more prepared. We got one pack of diapers that had 10 in it. <laughs> <laughs> What a joke! That's funny. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Prepared a little more than that, um, but you know, we we got our staples down. We packed what we thought was going to be a good diaper bag for the things that we needed, and a- we absolutely had no idea. <laughs> like, we had, mm. bag, like we had no idea. There was a lot of like uh, stops to to get other things after. So um, it, it comes to Friday, and we're heading to to San Francisco and I hadn't even shared this news with my family yet (laughs) because I didn't want them to have to go through the same heartbreak that I had to go through before with thinking that we're going to get a child and it didn't happen. So like, I didn't want to share with them and then like her change her mind or whatever, but like my sister and I are very close. And I was like, I'm going to have to call my sister and I've got to like, tell her I've got to i I've got to tell her this. Like she's gonna have to go through the heartbreak through with me if it doesn't happen. So I call my sister, and after I call my sister, I call my mom and like I tell them the situation, this is what's going on. Um, so we're going to possibly get a baby like on the way there. And I remember telling my sister, which I mean, I hope some of you get my humor when I say this, but I remember telling my sister, um, listen, I I don't know what this baby is gonna look like. So if this baby this baby's ugly we're not gonna talk about it because like I already know and I I just don't need to hear about it because I'm one of those people that's well aware that like not every baby's cute so I was going ahead and like prefacing things with my sister like if the baby's ugly we're just not going to talk about it because like I'm already gonna know because I'm gonna go ahead and follow this up with I was a very ugly baby like I was definitely one of those kids that people had to like stare at for a minute and be like she has a great little cry or something. Yeah, I, right. I was not a cute kid at all. So I was telling my sister, like, if the baby's ugly, we're not gonna talk about it. And um, we, we, we still joke about that. So um, fast forward, birth mom goes to the hospital. She was having some complications where she had had so many C-sections and stuff. And um, our son, Knox, ended up being born on Tuesday, July 21st. Um, and he weighed seven pounds, two ounces don't quote me on that it's hard to remember a year later um and he was exactly 20 inches long and what an experience um going through meeting your son um when you're 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 not birthing him that's something that a lot of people don't talk about so I'm gonna tell you guys how I first saw my son which is The craziest thing. So my husband um, actually got to be in there and stuff because of the way the way that we did the adoption um, was a little non-traditional and we did have to fix it with lawyers and such. It's it's (laughs) things are the ducks are more in a row now than they were um, but my husband actually signed us the birth dad and so he was able to go through the entire experience with her which is it's crazy. Cause my husband was the type, he didn't even want to hold my nephews or anything. Like when they were little, you know, men and babies. And so my husband got to be in there as Knox like came out of, um, he wasn't in there with her, like as they did the C-section, cause she was very high risk and stuff. But as soon as Knox came out, um, he went to the NICU for like a short 10 minutes because of his breathing. And my husband was there through all of that, but I was, um, I was sitting in a corner of a waiting room um, that I had actually snuck into because COVID guidelines were in place and there was only one visitor allowed per person in the hospital. And uh, in San Francisco, at that hospital, they had like three different security measures set up, but I guess I'm a smooth talker. And um, yeah, I I just talked to them the whole time. They never did check to see if another visitor was there. And, anyways, I, I made it upstairs to the baby unit. I'm sitting in the corner of a waiting room by myself. And my husband's sending me pictures of our son. imagine that feeling, yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, I I feel emotional right now talking about it. I felt like I could cry talking about it. like, what a way to meet your kid. like you're like, is is this real right now? like is this is this really how is this my baby? Is this how I'm meeting my child? Like it's very sad, actually, thinking back on it. like it was it was a sad moment. Like I'm, I'm in a corner of a waiting room by myself and this is, this is my kid. Yeah. Like
0: it was just like the circumstances, how like, yeah, COVID just like fucked everything. Right.
1: Yeah. And,
0: um, I feel, I think a lot of women, even during their infertility journeys can feel they got robbed of something during that year. And, um, as much as you want to put like a silver lining on it, you finally got your beautiful baby, all that it's still like, well shit, like, and it's okay to say that. And I think sometimes, especially after when you deal with infertility, you get that, like, um, that judgment or like that, that, that thing to yourself, like, Oh, I shouldn't be sad about this because this is what I've wanted my whole life. Like I had two emergency emergency C sections. And um, you know, I'm I'm grateful that my boys came out alive. But the first one, yeah, my they took him and I don't know what the fuck they were doing, but my husband came over and he's like, You here's a photo of your baby. And I turned my head and went, I was like, I don't want to see. A fucking photo, give me my kid. <laughs> like exactly. Give me my yeah. baby. Um, and yeah, like I've had to mentally work through that grief of not I don't want to say like because expectations are what fuck everything up, but like, yeah, like I thought a certain way. Um, and my infertility helped me through the hard times during the those labors but yeah like to have two emergency c-sections even though I was perfectly healthy like it's still like it's okay to allow yourself to be angry even though you feel like well this is what I dreamt of you know I shouldn't feel this way because of infertility like fuck that like infertility has nothing to do with that (laughs)
1: exactly yeah 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 like I guess I had dreamed of like this whole experience of like what it was gonna be I mean because becoming a parent. Like I, I didn't see myself adopting. Like of course I said it, like and all of that. But you know, you dream of like having this natural birth and they're placing a baby in your arms and like snap back to fucking reality because mm-hmm. the world doesn't always go the way you plan and life doesn't go how you plan. And that was definitely one of those things that definitely did not go how I planned it at all. Like I just remember like sitting there in the corner of that waiting room and like how heavy my heart was in this time. Like that this is my kid and like you automatically like start looking at the little things and judging them by the picture and all of that and like of course I thought he was so fucking cute because he is um and he, all is. he is so cute <laughs> <laughs> I know I mean, he is the most adorable thing but I mean and my phone keeps buzzing my husband's sending multiple pictures I guess in his head and I, I haven't even talked to him about this like I guess in his head he was thinking like I want her to see every angle and all of that. And, uh, you know, he's, he's doing the best he can like to, to, to make me feel good and meeting my child. But like in all reality, like he's sitting there holding him, taking these pictures and like, Mm. it's just, Oh, it was different. So I, I needed to get some oxygen in that moment. And, uh, you know, no one was, they weren't allowed to switch out visitors for 24 hours. So here I am thinking like, I'm not even going to get to meet Knox on, Oh, we named him Knox. (laughs) I guess I should (laughs) tell everyone that. So uh, we ended up naming him. We did get to choose his name and everything from birth. We named him uh, Knox Manila. And I know some people like to poke fun at that name. And like, I just, I'm like, why don't you ask me the meaning behind it before you make fun of it? Because there's a lot of meaningless names out there. Brittany, I'm one of them. My mom named me Brittany Carson. I'm like, why did you name me that? And she said, well, that's what was popular. And so like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want my kid. And if you did go with what's popular, I'm not judging you, but I didn't want that for my kid. Like I wanted it. I wanted it to have meaning because my name growing up didn't really have meaning. Now my middle name, Carson, I am named after someone, um, with, with Carson, but you know, I wanted my kid's name to have meaning. So we chose Knox because I'm from East Tennessee and that's where Knoxville is Knoxville, Mm -hmm. Tennessee. Um, so we went with Knox and my husband was born in Manila in the Philippines. So that's where his middle name comes from Manila. And I remember when I told people this name, like, um, they were that they, they would say things like, oh, like Manila Envelope or Manila, he's gonna get made fun of so much. Or he's I I remember this comment from a friend. He's never gonna be a senator with a name like that. Well, good. I don't want him to be. So that's excellent. Uh well, didn't we sure. have a
0: president called Barack Obama?
1: Like seriously, <laughs> that's like, true that's if we true, had that's have a president called
0: that, which I like I have nothing against his name or anything, but, but yeah, like okay yeah, like, they don't need to be called John or Fred or Doug anymore.
1: (laughs) Um, Thank you, Monica. I needed to hear that. I don't know why I didn't think of that comeback in the moment, but I'm going to use that from now on. Yeah, totally. My
0: two, my sons have, like, uh, very unique names, um, and yeah, lots of meaning behind them, but, like, I don't know I I, yeah like you just need to tell people to get fucked you know like that's your choice
1: (laughs) I have no problem with telling people (laughs) I'm definitely the kind of person that's like well I'm glad that that's your opinion but I'm still gonna do whatever the fuck I
0: want, yeah Uh, uh, people are very opinionated and I think we get it all through infertility all through our pregnancies all through our motherhood author
1: parenting people have so many different things to say about how you parent which I've I've discovered that I'm like god dang some other moms are fucking bitches like can we just be friends like yeah let's be friends like I don't know why you feel like you have to be my enemy I don't give a fuck what you give your child to eat honestly but you do have to know that they're I mean we kind of discussed this earlier how you feed your child plays into their whole life it really does whether you want to accept it or not Mm -hmm. so if you choose to give them mcdonald's i mean that can really impact them because i mean for me i was a junk food kid that's all i fucking knew and i'll tell you this i like to talk about how my fat lays it's a lot of girls don't like to talk about it but my best friend jackie jackie would crack up if she listens to this this podcast that I'm even saying this Jackie has the prettiest fat no matter how fat she's got it's all (laughs) I do like you
0: have to admit yes there are pretty like I get it I get it (laughs) yes so Jackie's
1: Jackie's stomach and all that has always like laid so pretty no matter how much weight she's gained like it's still been like you know bigger but like still flat from the time that I went through puberty I have had a mom pouch I'm gonna tell everyone here now my fat folds over I've got that fucking crease at the top of my pubic bone and my fat just folds over the top of that motherfucker and I was 13 fucking years old and it had to do every bit of it had to do with me bent, how I was raised and the, the junk food and preservatives and all of that. And my body was never able to form the way it was supposed to. That's what I'm going to blame it on. It could just be the Lord did me that way. I don't know what happened, yeah. but anyway, so, um, back to where I was, man, I went from birth story <laughs> Welcome to my ADHD break. Yeah, I'm in the corner. I'm in the corner of the the hospital, and I just decided that I needed a break. So I remember walking out of the hospital, and I needed some fresh air. And I'm walking around, and you know, my husband's back there having his moment with our, our our baby, and like that that was just hard to think about. And I remember calling my uncle who lived, this is the crazy part about it. My uncle that I was talking about earlier, Scott, um, lived a a block from the hospital. So I was able to walk from the hospital to his apartment and like take a breather. And he was like, Britt, let's get some food. You know, you, you've been through a lot, just sit down, let's eat and just chill out for a moment. So I walked over to his apartment. We ate and, um, And I didn't feel like there was a need for me to walk back to the hospital because there, there was a lot of emotions that just happened there. I couldn't go back and see my baby. Um, (laughs) They weren't even in a room or anything yet. So, I mean, reflecting back, I feel like people could point fingers and be like, Oh, what a bad mom. You weren't even at the hospital. I was at the hospital when he was born. I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to see him or anything. And I was by myself in an emotional train wreck. I needed, I don't, I'm I don't a connector. Think- I'm a connector through and through. So, like, I'm so glad my uncle was there during that time. Too. Yeah, it's okay. But,
0: but you have, like, you have to give yourself some grace because
1: absolutely, yeah,
0: you would have done anything. Like you, like you snuck past security during COVID. Like you, oh, could have gotten better, into not, trouble.
1: <laughs> it, gets, it gets better. It gets better. So, fast forward. Knox was born at seven. 40 something AM in the morning. And, um, the day goes on, my husband's sending pictures in this and we know that shift change is coming up at the hospital. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) I haven't even told anyone this either. So this will be the first time anyone's even heard this story. It's coming up on shift change at the hospital. And I know shift change get, get messy at any, any place. And so my husband's telling me that shift change is coming up at uh, six thirty, I think it was. Um, shift change is coming up, and he says, "I think this is the time." And like when my husband says that, like he knows old Slick Rick over here knows exactly what that means. And I'm like, "All right, let's do this." And so we decide that. I'm going to sneak past through security, all three checkpoints again, and I'm actually going to make it past the nurse's station too. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I got to do to get back there to meet my baby. And I feel like, you know, when I posted the video about this, when I was talking about his birth story and like how I didn't get to be back there because of COVID there was a whole group of people that was like you piece of shit and you still snuck past security and they have COVID guidelines in place for a reason you tell me what you would have done when it came to meeting your own child okay and if you want to sit back and judge me for what I did I also don't give a fuck. So um, it comes up shift change. I get up, I make it past all three securities and we get to where the nurse's station is. You know, they have the nurse's station where the birthing unit is and all of that. And I can see that there's a few different nurses there and it seems like they're switching paperwork out and all of that. I've never been a nurse. I don't know what the hell happens during shift change, but like, it seemed like their brains were a little bit of scrambled eggs. And so I'm like talking to them I'm a talker so I'm talking them up and like asking how their gays been, this and that and da-da-da. And they asked me, they say, Oh, do you know where you're going? And I was like, uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. And so they just, uh, open the door, <laughs> they push a the little button and open the door. And, and I go, I have no fucking idea where I'm going, but I'm past, I'm past the doors. Okay. And my husband's texting me and he texts me the room number. And I'm like, how do I get there? Like, I need more than that because like, there's, there's hallways. I've, I've either got to go right or left. And then once you go right or left, you got to go right or left again. And I'm like, yeah. this is a lot of decisions right now. <laughs> like, so I'm texting him and he was like, you turn right. And then you're going to turn left and, and you'll see the door number. And so like, I'm confidently doing this obviously, because I don't want to look like one of those people who are like in a lifetime movie, like there to steal someone's child or something, even though like in my head, that's what it felt like in that moment. I felt like I was in a fucking movie. Like, how is this even real? (laughs) And so I, I make the right turns by the grace of God. And there I am at the door. And so I'm like, do I knock? Like, I don't want to be suspicious right now and knock. I want to be like, I know these people. I want to, I want to be cool. Be cool. (laughs) Be cool, honey bunny. (laughs) So I open the door and I see the birth mom there. And I was like, okay, Oh my God, I'm in the right spot. But um, I walk in the room and there's a curtain hanging to my left. And then I can see the birth mom's like face to the right. And so birth mom immediately gets up and she's totally in on this. She totally was cool about it. And she said, I'm going to stand over here by the door. So if anybody starts to come in, I'm just going to tell them that I'm changing clothes and to wait a little bit Um, because you're absolutely not supposed to have one more than one visitor in that room. Mm -hmm. But obviously my husband can't leave now that I'm in there and like it. So she gets up and she goes and stands by the door and i remember just walking up to the the roly thing on wheels is that just like a, a crib yeah the cribia yeah. yeah i walk up and i'm like looking at him and i'm like oh my gosh like this kid is so cute and i like pick him up and i'm just like taking him all in knowing that I probably only have like five, 10 minutes at the most to like really spend with meeting my baby. And like, you know, you're pulling back his hat and you're looking at his little hair and you're like pulling down the blankets and like, you just want to take in like every aspect of their facial features and stuff. And I was trying to do that. And it's just such a short amount of time. And of course pictures, I mean, you, you've got to take pictures. And so the birth mom says, do you want me to take a picture of all of you guys together? And I, we were like, oh, of course. And like, I've never shared those pictures, but I, I do want to make a video and like tell more of this story. Um, I just, I don't know how to do it sometimes with TikTok, but <laughs> you know, she, she takes a picture of us and then Elazar's taking pictures of me and Knox together. And um, it was just beautiful, but it was, it was sad all at the same time because I know that I have to hand him right back and like just leave here and just spend the night like by myself, even yeah. without my husband. Um, but I was grateful for that moment. I was grateful that it happened, that I was able to make it past security, that I was able to meet him on the day he was born, even yeah. though it was hours later. It was amazing, and um, so yeah. Then uh, I I go back. You know, I spend the night with my uncle that night, and um, we, me and my husband, were due to switch out at seven in the morning, I think was when the 24 hour visitor thing was up. And uh, my husband was going to go back home. And I just remember my husband texted me and he said, it was about 9pm. And he said, Okay, babe, I'm gonna go to sleep for the night. And we had an app on our phone where we could track when Knox had last ate, And I saw that Knox had last ate at, um, I think it was five, 5 45 or something like that uh right at 6 p.m and I was like uh he's gonna need it because they had him eaten like every three and a half hours yeah. where he was brand new or whatever I was like oh sir, he's due to like eating 30 minutes well he had already fallen asleep by that point my sweet husband had and uh he did let me know the next morning that the nurse did wake him up every time that the baby needed to be fed or anything and I just thought what a good experience for, yeah right you know, like, Um, So yeah, we switched out that next morning and I got to love on Knox and change his clothes and all of that. And um, the nurses didn't really know what was going on, that he was going to be my son. We had lied because, you know, sometimes you got to do whatever you got to do and said that I was the birth mom's sister, um, said that I was her sister. And so the the nurses just kept saying, you're going to take care of this baby, aren't you? You're going to take care because they knew she had other kids and stuff. And um, we ended up getting to leave that day because the birth mom was very pushy and wanted to get out of the hospital. Even though she was recovering from a C-section, she was ready to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. We ended up leaving that day and just, you know, putting a baby in a car seat and in your car. And then he he goes on his first road trip. He's he's barely twenty four hours old, and we road trip him from San Francisco to Reno and had a doctor's appointment set up in Reno for him to see the doctor the next day. And it was just the,
0: it was a whirlwind, Monica, like, yeah, it sounds so, it's, <laughs> so <laughs> like, you can't make it up, like, you literally cannot make it up, I know. and I just remember, like, watching it unfold on TikTok, and just going, like, this is so insanely cool, that, yeah, because I think when you're dealing with infertility, um, the hardest thing to do is let go of those expectations, and that's, yeah. Through your pregnancy just like we talked about through birth stories like all oh, that expectations fuck everything up
1: absolutely 100
0: and the moment i don't know if you're ever able to fully let go of expectations but when you put your guard down and you're just like okay universe i get it like here's what i want And you keep that focus. And I think like once you're able to start saying out loud what you want, whether it's adoption or IVF or like health and nutrition or all of it together, as long as you're speaking it out loud. And I don't think you necessarily, I mean, adoption, you probably would have to talk to other people, but um, as long as you just keep reminding yourself, this is why I'm doing it. This is my ultimate goal. This is where I want to be. And then the way it unfolds, like our last frozen embryo transfer was, was two, we put two back in and I was convinced I was having twins. Like Beyonce was pregnant with twins. I was getting like double egg yolks. Like all the signs were out there, right? It was like our last medical treatment. We weren't going to do anything more. We had hit the jackpot with our first son. I had the diet. I had the drugs. Like I had everything. And yeah, it ended in an early miscarriage. And like, not only was it sad because of the miscarriage, but that was the end. That was like eight years of infertility bullshit. And like, that's how it ended. It wasn't the happy ending that you wanted or expected. Yeah. And then to get pregnant naturally two months later was like a fucking mind trip. And like,
1: that's insane.
0: It was like, okay, I understand now why that miscarriage had to happen and why those babies weren't meant for us it's
1: so important to just like live in the moment and try to not remember what your expectations are because like you know like for me expectation wise when I thought about you know I was as as I was going through infertility stuff and treatments and all of that you think of, oh my gosh, when I get pregnant, I'm going to like, I'm going to decorate this beautiful nursery and it's going to be so lovely. And I'm going to have this beautiful spot to bring this baby home to. Well, let me tell you, when you have five days to prepare for a baby, <laughs> shit does not work out that way. Yeah. And I'll never forget, like, and I didn't even care. That's the thing. Like looking back, I did not, I did not even care. I was living in the moment. I was like, I don't even care. Like I have a baby. He's here.
0: But um, I think your story is absolutely amazing. I think it's amazing that you're sharing it with the world because I think people were so stunned that adoption could actually happen like that because adoption, even in my head is like super expensive, long, you know, you have these like adoption books and you're waiting in line and like. You know, so to like put a different narrative on how like, no, okay, like maybe you didn't go through like all the P's and Q's and not in the I's, no, I'm but not suggesting that out. other people do this, yeah. but it is a different way, you know, and if you just tell the universe and keep, I you have to have the actions with it. Like I can't, for me with my autoimmune issue, I couldn't, there was no amount of positivity or positive thinking that was gonna get me pregnant none no reflexology no any of that i had to put in the actions with my diet um, and my mental emotional health to wait be Monica, able.
1: you mean whenever people told you just don't think about it
0: and- <laughs> yeah right are just, you kidding me <laughs> uh just relax is literally the best and the worst advice all wrapped into one for <laughs> fertility um but yeah, if you, if you keep that faith, you keep that hope, it pulls you through the hard times that you have to continually go through, but it's doable. And I think if you put the spin that you want on it, you'll look back at your journey and go, fuck, that's cool. I'm really glad Absolutely. that happened.
1: I think people have to realize that not everything has to be super traditional. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just because this is the way so-and-so done it or whatever, like, don't be scared to do it your own way. Because, you know, with with our adoption, like, yeah, it's kind of crazy how we did it. But, you know, as long as you get a lawyer and make everything legal and go through it, you can do it like that. I have a friend who... I I don't know if you saw me comment this, Monica, but I uh, I have a friend who placed Facebook ads saying they were open to adopting and you know we're looking for a baby. And basically, it ran back to a web page, and on that web page, uh, they, they told about themselves, you know who they were, what they believed in, and all of this, you know, and they had a birth mom come forward and say, "I want you guys to adopt my baby." Oh. No. Should- Oh an adoption agency. yeah i i want you guys to take my baby and you know they already had the lawyer in place they had an adoption lawyer and they did you do have to do a home study through an adoption agency but you know paying for a home study versus paying through an adoption through an adoption agency yeah 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 different things two totally yeah. different things yeah. so um and then use a lawyer yeah you you can do it a much easier way but society wants to tell you you have to do it like this mm-hmm. <laughs> because let's be real all it I'm, I'm going to say it like adoption agencies. Um, it's a business. It, it's yeah. kind of like it's car salesmen. They make more money for making placements and stuff like that. And that's unfortunate because that's a child's life that, yeah. that you're messing with. So I feel the same
0: way about IBF. It's a business. It's a multi-billion dollar business now. Yeah. And yeah, I, as I feel people, the, the industry does want to help. And it boggles my mind because the research is there about diet, lifestyle, nutrition. Their numbers would go through the roof if they actually um, had a certain standard of like, okay, if you want to come here, this is what we recommend. Your chances will increase. But yeah, it's a billion dollar industry. And then there's part of me that thinks like, well, maybe they don't want to be successful the first time around. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, maybe you they want to- you
0: to come back because if you get a baby, then- you know, they don't need yeah. I, to go again and again. And that's me being very, oh, Monica, very cynical.
1: <laughs> I, hear, I, hear you. I know I, I feel the same way. And especially, you know, I, I talked about a little bit earlier that I was in the dental field. Uh, the dental field is nothing more than a business. They are the car salesman of teeth. And right. I know y'all think I'm crazy when I say that, but like literally their job was to upsell you on the dental work. And a lot of times that you didn't even fucking. I know.
0: Oh, I have a good dental story for you really quickly. I went and I had I had some like major work done. I needed and I know I needed it. So they didn't upsell me. But um, I went back for like a few months later, checkup. And he's like, oh, you have a cavity there. And I was like, look, I can't sit through more dental work right now. I'll deal with it later. Um, I'll come back in like three months. Come back in three months. And in my head, I'm like, here we go. He's going to tell me this cavity. He's like, nope, looks good like, yeah, you pieces of shit. I knew you did that.
1: <laughs> oh girl, the story. I, I think when I do a podcast, I definitely, I'm going to share a lot of those stories. Cause I want to do it with my friend Jackie. And we met then dental assistants and like they, we had numbers that I remember when I was in school and I had to go to an office to shadow, to like learn how to do things. And I remember the dentist office that I was at, Wrote this number on the board. I can't remember what it was now. I want to say it was like $7,000 and he underlines it and he says, no matter what, no matter what patients are here today, we have to write this amount up in treatment plans that those patients need. That's crazy. And I thought, well, what if, what if, what if you have a lot of patients today with good teeth who don't yeah. need anything mm-hmm. that didn't fucking matter. And I soon realized the entire industry was like that, especially after working for a corporation, I was like, wow, there. Mm-hmm holy shit, they're fucking so many people over and these people have absolutely no idea. So um, no, I definitely realized that a lot of our medical industries um, are nothing more than shady salesmen. (laughs) People think they're great because they have the fucking doctor title. So yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's for a whole nother episode. And I'm super excited (laughs) that you're going to start a podcast, but let people know where they can come follow you right now.
1: Absolutely. Um, So you guys can come follow me on TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram. It's the same tag. It's all at Pivot Pencil, and I'm going to spell it for you. It's P-I-B-B-I-T, and then the word pencil, just P-E-N-C-I-L which is yeah. crazy. People are like, where did Pivot Pencil come from? I'll tell you real quick. Never told anybody this other than my friends who know me, because it's, it's a weird username, Pivot Pencil. Whenever um, my little brother was little, he was in kindergarten. I was in eighth grade. We went to the same school because it's small town. And they said, Luke, what's your big sister's name? And he couldn't say my full name, um, which Brittany Pendleton, um, before I was married. And so he said, Pivot, Pivot Pencil. <laughs> that's my username on everything and I don't even know if my little brother knows that so yeah come follow me at pivot pencil on pretty much all social media (laughs)
0: yeah you're hilarious and I think you are very open with all your stories all your different niches and uh for our community thank you for sharing your story and your journey absolutely um, hey, it's amazing me
1: back we can uh shoot the shed as they like to say yeah yeah
0: definitely yeah right great have a wonderful day and we'll see you soon you too
1: bye uh.